What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumas, and this is the Real Talk with Dumas podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. Woo! All right. Episode two. We are here in the building because we ain't going nowhere else. COVID got us locked up in these four walls, and let me tell y'all, I'm going a little stir-crazy, but... Don't fear, we got episode two here. And this time we're sitting down with my boy, Reggie. He's my youngest brother, he's 20. He goes to Cal Poly Pomona, studying business, doing his thing in there. And let me tell you, he is probably one of the funniest people I know, but also one of the wisest people I know. The way that Reggie carries himself with just such high self-esteem and character and a desire to learn and and see people for who they are and, and has a perspective of not only like taking people at the at face value, but understanding that there is a story, there is a person behind, you know, every word, everything that is said to him. And he just takes it in, understands that there's something else going on and really reflects that. And so it's funny how he's my youngest brother, but I look up to him and all these different things. So here's this conversation that I have with him. I hope you enjoy it. So, yeah, let's get into it, y'all. Here's my brother, Reg. You know what I was thinking about? You have a completely different childhood than I did. Because how many years we're apart? It's like nine years apart. So that's crazy. Have you ever th- have you ever thought about that all the time? Really? Yeah. What about? Uh, it? Just I was supposed to be the spoiled one. Uh. You know, technically speaking. <laughs> but you know, I, I think about it all the time, and I talk to uh, like Carolyn about it because we're both the youngest, uh-huh. and we talk about it all the time, like how we were called the spoiled ones. Uh-huh. But like, you know, growing up in Barstow and how hard it was, we're like. You know, it really doesn't feel like that all yeah. that much, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think about it like the different type of upbringings. Mm-hmm. I never I never would have categorized it as spoiled. I th- When I actually, like, thought about it, I feel like that's a cop. Like, if we were closer in age, then I'd be like, okay, like, why are you getting all this? You, but it's a nine-year difference. Like, mom's in a completely different situation. Like, like it's it's... It's just completely, completely different. And then when you think about like mom had me at fifteen, and then she had you at twenty four, you know what I'm saying? All right, yeah, she was twenty four, twenty four, twenty five. So it's like it's just very, very different. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I was like, it's still a little bit more established, quote unquote. Um, yeah, it's just a lot established. Later. Or you can look at it as she was divorced as well. Yeah. She, uh, I got the years of after divorce mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. So there was, I mean, that's just, there was just like a lot different. So you mentioned earlier that it was like you had so many people that was like a lot older than you. How was it being like the youngest by a lot? I think when you're literally a toddler, that's probably <laughs> the, that's the, that's the toughest part. But when, mm-hmm. as you're getting older, um, you can catch up as far as like mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of you know what I had to do because if I wanted to you know if I wanted that time and I wanted to to relate mm-hmm. um, and that's what I did do yeah did it make it like so the things that you like thought about and because you hung out with us all the time like we right. didn't we didn't like leave you behind we like took you everywhere we went if you could go mm-hmm. did you did it make it interesting having like conversations with people that were your age not at all. Really? Nah. Right. I had like don't get me wrong. Like, or was I it? I I guess I said interesting. Was it hard? That's the actual question I wanted to ask. 
A little bit, because it's like, a, you know, I was kind of like, bro, what are you talking about? Type of stuff, like, as mm-hmm. far as, like, you know, um, maybe, like, interest and and uh, and music a little bit mm-hmm. and, you know, certain stuff. But I did have, I had, you know, several friends my age. But, you know, a decade later or so, I have, like, two very good ones left that I am still in a group chat with, too. Yeah, so... So you didn't. You said you didn't have. The, it was difficult. What parts of it were difficult? Besides, like you, you would talk about things that people didn't understand or get. Um, what other parts do do you feel like were difficult or hard? Like relatability, as far as like circumstances, because mm-hmm. we had a lot of stuff going on at home. Yeah. As far as like financially, mm-hmm. and then I would go over to my friend's house, and they had all that stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I can't have them over because, mm-hmm. you know, our lights are off or mm-hmm. our water is off or we ain't got like, you know, food to like share with everybody, you know, or food so, at all. Yeah. Or, or enough for us to eat. Yeah. Even. So mm-hmm. that made it kind of different. Like I always like wanted that sitcom type of happy family I could have mm-hmm. friends over and, um, you know, be able to share and greet like food and like, uh. It's like a communion. It brings people together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty difficult. Yeah. What? Well, let's. T- well, I wasn't planning on going into that, but let's like talk about it for you. What was? So, from my perspective, I have like what I I thought about and kind of like how I tried to handle that and do that because I kind of felt a lot of those same things. Like I didn't like there was only a select few that I brought over. Like I only brought over like. Mike and Rob, but, like, very rarely during that time. Um, we didn't have, like, electricity, water, gas. All we had was a roof over our head. So for you, as, like, you were a little kid. I was in high school during that time, but you were a little kid. What did, did you have, like, a concept of, like, what was happening or that we didn't have any money or that we, or that you just knew that we just didn't have? I knew, I was aware of all that, um, like aware of like you know our financial state mm-hmm. but it didn't bug me uh because i was still in elementary and i had that like sort of innocence to it mm-hmm. so i didn't like really it wasn't that's why i feel i feel bad like more on your part that we went through it because what you were in high school so you still like had this awareness of every you know like everybody mm-hmm. i don't know if you cared or not but like i just knew how i was when i got to like junior high and middle school yeah um like I feel, I feel bad that you was like in, you know, at that stage. And mm-hmm. like when I was in that, I was already, we were, I was with dad. Mm-hmm. We were in Victor, bro. We was in, we was living good. Yeah. But I went through it for a reason mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Um, at the time, it didn't bother me. I couldn't like see it as far as uh, like didn't have like the social awareness. So mm-hmm. um, it was tough, but like I wasn't embarrassed because you know. Yeah didn't know anybody yeah you said you went over to like friend's house and stuff like that you were aware enough to know that we didn't have anything Mm -hmm. because like you compare it how do you process that now do you remember the first time i spent the night at somebody's house in barstow it's pastor martin's house no i don't remember that didn't you come home i cried i cried and i cried to come back home Mm. yeah i um so what happened, it was like after church and everything, and um, they were like, yeah, you can come over and uh, spend the night and everything. I was like, oh, so come over. Oh, yeah, 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 we can come over. So, you know, we were having a good time and everything. I was at their house and everything. It was cool. Um, 
And then they're like, all right, it's time for bed. And I was like, all right, uh, so we're going to you know, hop in the back in the car. Like, no, you, you're spending the night, man. And I was like, huh? what? Oh, no, no, I can't do that. You know, yeah, I got to, you know, I got to call up my moms and stuff like yeah. that. You got to, no, nah, I can't stay the night. And mom was like, no, you, you stay in the night. Like, go ahead. You, you, I'll see you tomorrow. And I cried. I was, I was, I was real sad. I was uncomfortable. I did not want to spend the night at all. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, literally, me and mom were like inseparable mm-hmm. from the time born basically all the way up until seventh eighth i mean not eighth, uh, like eight years old at that time mm-hmm. so literally like spending the night that was like my first time mm-hmm. it's outside of family as far as like you know nannies and everything but mm-hmm. i had never done that before so i you know i cried i was i was really sad mm-hmm. um but then after that i think the next time um uh, one of my friends and like you know that was uh, consent if you will uh, yeah. and so on and so forth and then it got used i got very used to it and then kind of became like an escape yeah yeah kind of like an escape yeah because soon as you met uh eddie and his family you were over yeah. at his house all the time yeah i don't know if you spent the night as much when i when i was home mm-hmm. but like you were you were there pretty consistently i remember that yeah let's just like stay in this like because I'm really curious. So for me, when I was growing up, I wasn't around a whole lot of black folks. Like, I really wasn't. So throughout my elementary school years, I was one of the only black kids. But at Harborside Elementary, it was like um, like Latino, like Latinx folks. And so I feel a whole lot more comfortable in places like Santa Ana. For you, I feel like it's it was the opposite. Like, you, you were around a lot of black folks because a lot of black folks live in Barstow and then even Victorville. I think I think Silverado is predominantly black. Is it? Yeah. Or it's, a good, or it's just more than... It's a bigger school. Yeah. So. Cause, I mean, and, I, and so when I went to Barstow, it was like... Uh, even Benita High School was like culture shock. But for you, how... Do you think that that shaped, shaped you? Like, how you, how you see the world now? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as like going to Cameron and everything, uh, that's where I'm at, Eddie and everything. And different side of town, mm. different side of town uh, where Cameron is in their district area, oh, area yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. So when I uh, go, when I got kicked out of Cameron and went to Thompson after we had moved to Fredericks, it's a different side of town. Yeah, different, uh, different district different wait you kids. got kicked out of camera uh attendance oh yeah yeah which was my fault my fault Reggie, uh, you, were, you were a child how could it be your fault no it was literally my fault because my mom would i maybe like a handful of times you know but like literally i i don't know i i, I thought it was cool to be late to things mm. i thought like so she would drop me off like last minute like maybe like you know, seven fifty or uh, whatever the time was mm-hmm. at one side of the gate, so I'd go in and go, and I'd walk around and go inside the front all the time, <laughs> and I'd be late because I I literally thought it was cool to be late. How long? How? Um, oh. So I had I wound up with like thirty seven tardies. Oh, and they kicked you out? They kicked me out. They they was like we had enough, 
and that I can we could have a whole nother talk on the emotions and betrayal and everything I felt. Yeah, that actually doesn't um, even make sense. Why would you kick somebody out for being late to school? But anyway, that we could have a whole yeah. We could talk. We could talk about that later. That's um, really. Interesting. I did not know that you got kicked out of Cameron. I yeah, had no idea. I went to the district and we had a big thing about it and everything. Like, that's crazy. I had no idea. But so I went to Thompson and like I said, that's a whole different other side of town. Fredericks. You already know the street, uh, Barstow, and mm-hmm. that whole area by the high school and everything. Yeah, Thompson, that's not good. Right behind. Yep. So different kids, different, been through a whole lot of stuff there on different side of town. Like I said, that when I met uh, some of my very close friends, uh, uh, Kalanji, Johnny, I mean, I said Johnny, Jelani, and Decree. Um, they, were, they were the twins. And then... Uh, I remember their names. I don't remember their faces. And I remember... Going on a field trip with that school. Yes. Yeah. I thought you only went there because you moved. That was that's what I thought. <laughs> no, I did not like change. Yeah. Um. So you still don't like change. <laughs> I'm growing, man. I'm you are growing. growing. That's true. I shouldn't say that. You're growing. Um. And they were from L.A. Oh, okay. And yeah, I got there and I was you know kind of like the I was talking different. I was a black kid. I was talking different and. Mm-hmm and everything and literally i did not start saying like the n-word until i got to thompson yeah like, being around that different like type of city i never used the N. I never even thought of it and then like the first couple of, like like month or two that i was there i was saying it i was like what, what is wrong with you saying right now like so um yeah that's that's something that like i got out of that and then tragically um we were we all went there fifth sixth grade mm-hmm. going great summers that that was like when they were around because literally their house the way it was set up not even like um it's more of a story of uh, uh overcoming if anything not even to, uh put their business out they have a documentary so it's all um mm-hmm. it's all out but they their house was literally like worse than ours mm-hmm. like they never they rarely had electricity mm-hmm. um water any of that they there were seven of them mm-hmm. and the little the kids would go to the 99 cent store and steal food mm-hmm. and the parents would know that they didn't have it so they'd be like bring us back some make sure you get some for everybody when they would go and steal mm-hmm. and they would want always want to be at our house at 401 mm-hmm. um decree kalani kalanji and jelani they would always want to be over at our house we had hella rooms and and mm-hmm. everything and um you know at the time we were, we were doing pretty good um mm-hmm. when we got to that house um rarely just maybe like twice the electricity went off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were a lot in a better a better situation um, at Fredericks'. But tragically, um, everything was going good between the summers. We were, I was getting all types of hoodlum stuff. We was going over, uh, not too bad. A lot of people were doing a lot worse. We would go to, we were just some uh, some kids from the hood area of Barstow, and we mm-hmm. was just we was hot. We didn't have no swimming pool. Yeah. So we would go to hotels, we would go to apartments, <laughs> and we would hop over the fence and go swimming. Yeah. So um, a lot of times we would, they would get get out of here and we towels and everything. Man. Oh my bad, my bad. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, yeah. That was that was the most hoodlum things we ever did. It was just yeah. we just wanted to go swimming. We was hot. It'd get one ten. Want to go swimming? Yeah. Um, but going to we were going into middle school. And I went to San Diego like I did every summer. I came back and they were gone. And oh, I was really? like, what happened? And a friend of ours was like, they got CPS. CPS took them. Wow. 
And I, to this day, I've never saw him. I've never seen him again. I've talked to him. I know they're doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kept in touch with him, like, via social media and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, talked to him a few times. I've never seen him again. Mm-hmm. But um, I know they're doing great. Um, both got, uh, one got a track scholarship mm-hmm. to uh, Northridge, and then the other one's going to Cal State LA and mm-hmm. football and everything about this. They're doing, like, great. They got accepted. I mean, not accepted. They got uh, taken in by, like, a great family who have, like, been adopting kids for years. A, mm-hmm. You know, black couple, and they took in the twins together because they're twins, yeah. which is, you know, great. And the smaller kids, they all got to stay together and stuff. And, oh, that's cool. Cause that's, yeah. that's very rare for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're doing great. So um, just, like, a lot of stuff like that, I saw switching... Um, being around uh, people who look like me, mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm curious. So, for you, that obviously must be that's a significant story to you. Why do you Why do you feel like you connect to that story so, so much? Um, I'm I'm always rooting for the underdog and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Um, and really, like they they really like. Uh, I don't have much friends mm-hmm. like that, and I didn't then and. When I switched there, that's another like thing that like an area of my life where like, I switched and I shut everything off, like no new friends mm-hmm. and everything. You know, Barstow's a small town, so like I remember my first day in class, mm-hmm. I go to a new school and I walk in and they're like Reggie. <laughs> I have never seen these guys in my life. I did not. I was like, I don't even know you guys. Like, what's up? And my mom was over there like, look, you already got friends. I was like, I don't know them. And they literally, like, they forced that friendship upon me. Like, I I need to ask them, how did you know me? Yeah. Um, First day in fifth grade. And what was the question again? I was was really, like, pondering, like, wow, like, these guys really didn't know me. Yeah. But, yeah, they kind of forced that friendship on me. Oh, why it's significant. Yeah, really, because, like, I really got there in, like, the first couple weeks. I recess. I wouldn't play. I wasn't in trouble or anything. I would just sit on the bench and just wait for class to start again. Mm-hmm. Just watch all the kids play, and they'd come up and um, be like, "Come on, man! You know, come come hoop with us, man! I know you know how to play basketball and everything." <laughs> and um, yeah, man, they they really like forced that friendship upon me, and like it grew into something like real, real tight. Mm-hmm. And um, it, and when like they left, like the way they left, it was just it's kind of like a piece of me that never got like a part of the chapter that kind of just ends and left on a cliffhanger. Like, I, I literally have never seen them again. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, like, you know, kept in contact, but I've literally never seen them again. So I always I always think about that story. And know that, to know that they're doing, like, great, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's good. That's why it's, uh, yeah. it's significant to me. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like their story, do you connect to their story, like, at all, from even from how we, we grew up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think we had it, I think I had it better than them mm-hmm. even though we had it bad and that's yeah. that's the thing like yeah. we had it bad they had it worse like it's yeah. not a competition but it's just like it just goes to show like you know coming being a minority and coming from that like that area where the people who are in position of that that town don't care to change anything mm-hmm. so um yes yeah, uh, I, I root for those guys man yeah it's my guys do you feel like there's what happened to them could happen to us easily Easily, mm-hmm. but I feel like we were in um, such a good place mentally mm-hmm. and like and spiritually that 
we even when we did have lights off and water off in the house, people were still around us. Nobody ever thought it was a problem, mm-hmm. like for any reason. Like uh, you remember, like people would still come to our house. Mm-hmm. They probably leave when it get about seven o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, all right, time for y'all to go. <laughs> they leave. You know, hey, yo, like, <laughs> why don't you turn on lights? Oh, the light bulbs don't work, man. Yeah, Sorry, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get out of here. But um, we always just had good energy. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's probably the main difference. We always had good energy, and nobody ever, you know, we were loved at home, mm-hmm. and nobody ever really, I don't think anybody was brave enough to call no like CPS on us. They knew we was loved at home. Yeah, they knew mom would work it out. Yeah, uh, God would work it out. Yeah, I don't think you. I think you were too young to remember this, but it was probably kindergarten or pre K or whatever. But CPS were, were coming. I don't know if you knew that. Didn't know that. Yeah. Like, they talked to me multiple times. Um, they talked to Mike multiple times. Um, they came to the house. Like, cops had come to the house. So that was that really was really close to happening to us. Didn't even think so. Yeah. Like, it was really close. Yeah, this is news to me. I didn't yeah. even know. Yeah, it was really, really close. The only time I remember is uh, I talked to, like, the Thompson principal one time, and I was, mm-hmm. like, discussing, like... I was literally not letting that Cameron thing go. I'm going back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to make a comeback. Yeah. Like, you know, I watched wrestling at the time, so <laughs> I was on my promo trying to hype this up. Like, this will be a return. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just trying to talk to her about, you know, leaving Cameron, how sad I was. And somehow that, like, she took from that discussion. Like, hmm I'll see what I can do. And called up mom and was talking about she was going to call CPS on it and stuff like that. So... That was the the one memory of that 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 I have mm-hmm. is uh, mom have we having to go to the social security office fill out some stuff to make sure like she wasn't really like trying to call CPS like he was just going to you talked about Cameron and you calling CPS mm-hmm. like you think he's getting beat at home yeah yeah who uh, growing up who were like some of the you like your biggest influences <laughs> I think. Oh man, you mean like in, like real like in person or like it could be anybody you want. Oh man, John Cena. Yeah, <laughs> John Cena, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh. <laughs> no, but like really, really like I really did use um like these TV personalities and kind of like uh, superheroes. I thought in my eyes, um, mm-hmm. which I don't know. You know, some people say it's silly, but that's that's what I had. Mm. Um, it's people I saw and men I saw on TV. Mm. That's really how I used the, what what was my influence and LeBron James. <laughs> and it wasn't until I got into high school that I started having like you know um, you know historical figures as uh, mm. you know um, influences as far as the people. Yeah, I don't think that that's I don't think that that's um, we call it silly at all. Like I feel I honestly I don't I think that makes Uncle s- Phil sense. Yeah. Like, I feel like when, because I did the same thing, I I think I look back at like, when I because I used to watch WWE a lot too. It was WWF before WWE, but like Booker T, the Dudley Brothers, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Eddie Murphy, like loved Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, Chris Rock. Oh yeah, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, um, why am I all all of a sudden Chris Tucker like? Yeah. Like I like lived in movies. Like, I lived in movies, I lived in sh- TV shows, like, watching The Martin Show, watching, like, like, any cartoon, like, Static Shock, those kinds of things. Because, like, being in those shows was, 
it was like an escape to like be there absolutely having something to aspire to because it was like better than reality yeah. you know what i'm saying like I used to wish I was Axel Foley, man. Yeah. <laughs> For real, man. I wish I was cool as Axel Foley. <laughs> Beverly Hills cop yeah. and everything. I, that's what I thought being a cop was like. Yeah, yeah. It was like Oh, that. yeah. And you wanted boys. to be a cop for a while growing and up. bad boys. Yeah. And, yeah. Will Smith, huge, big influence. So that, make, that totally makes sense to me. Just like larger than life. Like didn't really feel like they had to care at all. The Rock. The Rock. I, I, that makes total sense to me I, and I don't think I connected that piece until now like when I talk to Lens and you know Lens like well I don't think you know this but like her family upper middle class and when I the, I think I remember the first time I went over to her house and I was like shocked like I was just shocked because I was like I did not realize like you don't have you didn't have like you had it like this and I was like granted they uh, they live in Minnesota, but like the more I've like gotten to know them, hear them, spend time with that side of the family, I was like, oh, like you for real, for real, didn't have to worry about anything, like nothing. Even last night we were talking, like Lynn's, uh, I was telling her like why some of these movies were like so important to us because she didn't realize like why are little kids watching like The Wood or yeah, or some of these rated R movies? We didn't have no cable. We well yes, we didn't have no cable, but like if we watch cable, majority of those shows are like. None of those people look like us. Like, they live, like, all these white people live in, like, middle these big, like, two-story houses, like, in neighborhoods that finally trimmed up lawns and everything like that. Like, yeah. we don't even know what that looks like. We, I ain't <laughs> never been in a neighborhood like that. Nope. So, well, literally, I had never been in a neighborhood like that. So, when like, growing up. So, like, these movies were the closest thing that we had to, like, our reality. Very, very important. Yes, yeah. They really are staples. Yeah. And so, like... And that just didn't even, like, click for her. So that's an escape. Like, that's something that was, like, helpful. Or even, like, I feel like mom's imagination is just, like, she instilled, like, imagination into us. Hope and, to, like, hope and believe and, like, to just keep being optimistic. That's all it takes to somebody who's crazy uh, enough to actually believe that they can do something or be somebody. Yeah, to, like, just see a different future. Um, than the reality that you're currently in. Because if mom wasn't able to do that, then we would have been doing everything else that everybody else around us were doing. I feel like I can go and live in a different story or I can be in a different place, but I could still remain connected or tethered, I guess, anchored in reality still of like, yeah, this might be my reality right now, but actually, you know, I'm going to be a superhero someday. Like I can be a part of the Green Lantern Corps. I know that for sure. I I know I can do that. You know what I'm saying? So... As yeah. much as I love Indiana Jones, I couldn't see myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I didn't see myself nowhere yeah. in those movies. And if yeah. I was, I had a spear or something like that. So. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. You said tethered, huh? You see us, man? I did. I, and I didn't want to say, like, tethered. <laughs> so I was like, tethered. Uh, not like, yeah, not like that. But, yeah. So, I'm uh, sorry. I, I took that part of over i i just had my own like self-realization just now about mm-hmm. like why movies and shows were so important if we didn't have that like i i don't even know what we would do if we have those those glimpses of humor in the time that we really needed it something yeah. to uh you know a hey 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 or a, yeah. <laughs> or, or a clump reference or something oh, hercules man. or something like That's that funny. man yep it just it just brought us together so yeah i'm thankful for him and and big picture 
those cult movies that we had, those mm. cult classics, I think that I'm starting to realize more and more the reason like I talking to people who've never seen these movies are like, mm-hmm. that movie is like not good. <laughs> and, I'm like, like, and I'm like, yo, like how could you like, you know, but now I'm looking at it, I'm I'm watching um what do I watch? I watch I'm gonna get you sucker and I'm like Producing on this movie is not. <laughs> it's not a good movie. The thing is, I, I we were when I was looking through, so Apple TV, uh, it shows like a Rotten Tomato uh, rating on there, and most of those movies, like nine nine out of ten of the movies that I like put on there, had terrible reviews. They were yeah. like rotten. Yeah. So it's just really funny, like twelve percent, forty percent, thirty percent, twenty percent. Mm-hmm. And Lens was like, "All these movies are bad movies." I'm like, "Lindsay, these are not bad movies. They're hilarious." <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like, there's a couple other movies I can't even think of that I'm like, that has a 12 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, huh, bro? Like, oh man, I listed. There's so many movies on there that only we like. Undercover Brother. When Mom said that last night, I was just oh, like man, in man. shock. Like, <laughs> what? So you telling me you've never liked Undercover Brother? Like. So the roof off this motherfucker. Like, everybody knows the intro, man. Bro, that is still like on my dream board. It's to drive a convertible, fill a big gulp cup up to the brim, and drive crazy. Like, that did is, you? What did you say last night? Caucasian overload. Caucasian overload. Extra mail on mine. <laughs> One oh. squirt of hot sauce should be enough to make Caucasian food edible. <laughs> I love oh. that movie. Oh, I, that I haven't movie, seen that man. movie in a minute. Oh my god. Oh shoot. They call black exploitation films, man. Anyway, so uh, all right, so those are some of your biggest influences. Right. That's that's cool. What was it like when I went away to school? So you were you were you're about. Eight or nine when I left oh. to the, to when I moved away to school. Oh man, I remember dropping you off, man. Yeah, yeah, man, I cried. Yeah, I yeah, cried we, too. We all was crying. We were all crying. Um, it's hard. And then kind of like getting back, it's just like <laughs> it's pretty much just like it's just you know looking around and then like you know life had to go on, and you know uh, is he gonna come back or anything like yeah. never that just like. Mm-hmm. And it's way he's where he is now. Like he's like not he's like he's like yeah. he died, but like yeah. he's off in college. Like we were all I don't know if you ever seen The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, we were all in this pit. You literally made it out and you was like, Let's go looking down. Yeah. And then we were like, All right, Michelle. All right, so we all you know what I'm saying, we all go back to what we were doing mm-hmm. and one day in the hopes to get out. Yeah. That's that's essentially like not like you died, just like yeah. you made it out. So after you left, pretty much it was, um, I never felt, uh, like a, maybe a sense of like loneliness, mm. I would say, because I, I had friends that I would, uh, they would always be over Eddie Darius. I'd always go over to their houses and then they'd always come over obviously. And then in a, like, in a way, like a lot of those is like, um, like kind of like an only child, but I never thought it like that. Like, I always, like, I grew up with my brothers my whole life. I'm not an only child. Like, mm-hmm. I never, ever thought like that, even though I was the only one of mom's kids in the house. That mm-hmm. never, like, occurred to me. But, yeah, really, like, like life went on. Mm-hmm. Um, and to say, I just learning about new things and, and experiencing diff- different things. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, basketball was um, 
like big uh big part mm. of what I was trying to do at the time. So Yeah. I didn't think about that part when I nope I feel like just being the first one to go to school, still have like having younger siblings, I don't know. I think for me there was a lot a lot of times where I felt really lonely at school. Like I almost quit sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Like I did not want to be there anymore. And then I was just surrounded by so many white people who Man, some of the things that they would complain about, it was just, it would, it would be so, like, you probably experienced this too, yeah. but it's just like, bro, what do you complain? <laughs> like, I, I just like, you get to eat three square meals a day. Like you just go to a cafeteria and you just eat. Right. You know what I'm saying? I love like, that in college. <laughs> yeah. Like you, like you have access to a gym, gym, like, like you live by the beach, less than 10 minutes away from the beach. Like the weather isn't too bad. Like, what do you need AC for? I was happy. Like. And now when I, from a working perspective, when I worked at the school and like some of the things that they were experiencing, I'm like, all right, I understand that this is like not okay. But like, it took me so long to understand that. But I, there was a lot of things like, you know, I felt lonely. I felt isolated. Like I didn't feel like I necessarily fit in and I tried desperately to fit in. Um, Certain parts of it was like, oh shoot, like, I feel like I abandoned y'all almost. And I know y'all wouldn't say that, but I feel like I, it does feel like that. And I was just like, damn, like I really, and I did like, I didn't go back for, I didn't move home for summers. Like I was always doing something. I only went back two times. And when I did, I didn't stay like throughout the summer. And I was always in a rush to get back. Like even, I should not have moved I should not have gotten an apartment my junior year. Like that was, I, I was always working. Yeah, I just, I just thought about that. Did you feel, you said, did you ever feel abandoned when I moved away from school? Moved to? No. no. No? I know you don't see it, but like really, you not coming back was literally like what you were supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't have seen you come back. I should have been the one to make it back. Cause maybe that's the problem like as far as you know when somebody makes it like back in a um in a city it's cool to come back and like visit and everything but like it's it's a good thing that you you know i didn't see you like a lot coming back because like mm. did you really make it out there mm-hmm. i probably wouldn't have visited that much even when i had a car i didn't visit that much but i visited more i think it would have been nice to like be aware of what was happening at home like there's certain moments that like that i, I just i didn't like i just didn't know about you you know what i'm saying like I didn't know that you got kicked out of Cameron. And you don't say this, but like it was so hard for you even when you transitioned to a new school. I just didn't know from your perspective. I only could see from my perspective. And like you were a little kid. And so I think for me, I was trying to set the best example that I could and just like, just do as much as I can. But I don't think I thought enough to like slow down and like see from your perspective how you're experiencing things. I just was just doing stuff. To me, I feel like I was one of the one of the first like role models that I, that were in your life and I don't think I did the stuff that you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to feel that, but I do feel that. Mm-hmm. You know? And there is a lot of guilt for me with that. Mm-hmm. Like when you told when you were talking a few weeks ago, like I did not know that you were bullied as much as you were. I didn't know people mess with you that much. Like, I just didn't. I didn't know any of those things. Maybe it's just it's just me because I don't have any younger siblings. But I really don't feel like you owe 
me and Mike every uh, anything at all. I mean, you you live in your own life like we're literally three different people. Like I yeah. know we're siblings and everything, but yeah, like, yeah. you literally have a life. You were gone in a whole different city dealing with dealing with what you were dealing with. Mike was <laughs> dealing with he was dealing with, dealing with what the hell Mike was wherever like. he was at. <laughs> and, um, and I was you know where I was like literally. It'd make a great TV show. Um, that would be a great for, movie for sure. Yeah, or a series for that matter. Yeah, I don't even know if we can fit everything in a movie. Yeah. Um, it'd make for a great story just, you know, putting everything together mm-hmm. of where we are. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't feel like, you know, you, you owed us anything. And those moments, those like, you needed like, because there's going to be a time where like, you know, you're going to have a kid and they go into school and they're getting bullied. You know, they're going to want you to help, but you, you're going to have to have a choice. Like, you can go in and help him, mm. but you will be solving his problems for the rest of his life. Mm. Or you can like literally let him handle it himself, and then he's gonna like he's gonna see. And those are character building moments. Yeah. So, me being bullied, there was nothing nobody can do about that. Those were character building moments. If I were to get another lifetime to do everything all over again, I wouldn't take that out. Yeah. No, like no no regrets mm. on that yeah. on that behalf. I think I would want to solve it for you. I'm talking about from a support perspective because i was the oldest and the amount of just like stuff that we went through and i was just so cognizant of like what was actually happening Mm -hmm. like as i've processed i wish that there was somebody that like understood to a certain degree what i was going through like could connect with me or at least tell me that it was going to be all right or just encourage me to keep going and like i didn't have that and so for me that's that's the piece that i'm talking about as like a support piece and like even like if we talked more consistently you know what i'm saying like i i don't I, there's nothing i could do about you know what am i going to do beat up 11 year old kid you know what i'm saying like that's not that's not it i think more so of like you know listening hearing you being a place of process being somebody who's been there before be able to share my experience mm-hmm. and so you could take whatever you want from that uh and me being cognizant of like what was happening like not being able to emotionally support you that's mm-hmm. what i'm talking about as far as you know we were growing up in like a very hyper masculinity house yeah and not to mention you know the black community and as far as you know mental health and sharing your feelings of what you're feeling it's not nobody was talking about that at the time that wasn't around like yeah that. so even i didn't even that wasn't even a thought of the thoughts that we're having to be able to have like room for open conversation. Mm-hmm. So really it's just what had to happen. I, I, I don't even see like outcome of that. Maybe, maybe looking back, I needed it more. Well, I didn't even think of it. I was like, I'm by myself and make it out. Yeah. Trapped really in my own, my own head. Yeah. I didn't go home and like tell mom about mom. You're saying I suck at basketball at school. I just kept that in. Mm. Why did you do that? Maybe, again, maybe it's the TV influence. Mm. Because all my heroes would uh, have these, like, epic comebacks and everything. Mm. And, like, you know, Rocky was one of my favorite movies of all time. So, (laughs) start the training montages, man. Yeah? Yeah. Who are some of your biggest influences now? Or if they even have changed? Because when you're a kid, man, those are core values right there. Those is like, you know, stuff that hits home. Um, there's a lot of um, more political, um, I would say, mm-hmm. influences now. Um, Colin Kaepernick, Tupac, mm-hmm. and um, 
Martin Luther King, obviously. And like when I say these people, like you know, I actually like have studied these. But I know some people. No, Harriet <laughs> <laughs> Just know Harriet Tubman. Like literally, like you know, reading the you know letter to Bur- uh, letter from Birmingham jail and everything. Mm-hmm. And just you know, like very educated brother. Yeah. Um, Malcolm X and uh, Muhammad Ali. A lot of just going back and re you know rereading my history and uh, get admiration just you know from the people around me. Mm. I, I know as soon as you leave, I'm gonna be like, yeah, shit, you know. I know they're all gonna pop up, but you yeah, know, just something off the top of my head. No, those are all good. I've all, I've been curious, especially that now that you're older and I, you know, we've had a conversation about what's going on um, politically with um, the shitty president that we have. What got you, or what motivated you to start doing deep research on? historical black figures how'd you get woke is what i'm trying to understand like where like, yeah it's like it. really 110 percent like honesty of that like if i had a lie detector attached to me <laughs> the 100 percent honest answer would be carolyn all right y'all explanatory comment time so carolyn is reggie's significant other they've been together since middle school yes i said that right since middle school and uh, she's like a little sister to me she is definitely a part of the family um, I'm so proud of her. She's in college as well, studying biomedical engineering. I know, super smart too. And obviously has played a pivotal role in Reggie's development and challenging him and becoming a better person and a better man. So yes, that is Carolyn. Really? Dead, dead, dead ass, as they say. Really, okay. And that's that's actually literally like homophobic things mm-hmm. that I would say and like feelings that I would have mm-hmm. of homophobia. Um, she she wasn't tolerating none of that. Yeah, um, certain stuff that I would say, and she'd be like, "Yo, that's that's not cool. Like, you're gonna stop listening to him because he's a gay man." And like at the time, I would be like, "What? What's wrong with that?" Because my uncles and everybody, yeah, would would that's that that was what it would no homo and everything like yeah. that. Where I got all of the my social awareness from mm. is is from her mm. and having the kind of like, yeah, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like impress her in sort of in, in yeah. kind of a way uh, knowing what I'm talking about. So you had to do your research. Yeah, and she, you know, she's 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 telling me these things, and I'm like, uh huh, yeah, of, you know, of course. <laughs> As I'm learning and stuff, and she still to this day still does that. But I'm more like like I'm more mature now to be like, wow, babe, I I didn't even know that, man. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, so I'm like, it's okay to be, you know, you don't know. Like, yep. Um, but that's one of the best answers you actually can give. Yeah, like wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yep. I wish more people would would do that. Yep, it just make life a thing a lot easier. It's not embarrassing or anything. Yeah. Um, but really, yeah, that's where I got a lot of my social um, awareness from, and just as far as a lot of the stuff that had happened around me, mm. um, Trayvon Martin, mm. um, and um, what, which one happened my freshman year of high school? What, I can't your, remember your freshman year of high school. Eric Gardner. Yeah, that happened my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of that stuff and like bringing out the police in a whole different like light mm-hmm. and everything. So literally like a combination of that, and then all those things happen uh, mm-hmm. around the time I was growing up, which I'm realizing happened is literally staples like that happen like with every like young black um, you know African American person growing up, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was uh, Rodney King. Rodney King. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah, so that's where I got my as far as social awareness, and then from there. Uh, branched off and have my own uh, kind of like political you know things which is lack thereof yeah well everything's political so 
people try and say, oh, let's, you know, not, you know, not talk about politics, but everything's political. I, I just don't, <clears throat> when it gets into like, well, are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? Like, like they talk about the Bloods and the Crips. Those the Democrats and the Republicans. No, that's that the should, real, that's, that's the real, the real thing, game, man. They're the, the ones that games. are separating yep. each other. They're, they're the ones that are trying to separate us. They'll do absolutely everything they possibly can mm -hmm. to get what they want. You don't have to like. You don't have to kill somebody. They're, they're willing to like. <laughs> they won't kill you. They'll let you die. <laughs> They'll let you die, but they won't. Yeah. They won't kill you. Systematically like, kill you. Yeah. Like, uh, systematically so. oppress you, and that's that's the worst. As far as I'm like, worse than anything that they can do to you physically is systematically yeah. oppress you for for yeah. generations to come. Yep. Um, and uh, as a person, like, who are you striving to be? In a way, uh, you know, sometimes I'm still striving to be is the the person that I saw myself, um, like, that I looked up to as a kid. Mm. Still trying to, you know, be a superhero, man, and, you know, um, really be able to give back and, you know, put my mom, put moms in, in a, like, good position. And more importantly, like, a man, like, a values, mm. uh, you know, self-respect, like, and that's like really the most important thing is because I struggle with that so much mm -hmm. is self-respect because no matter what any of you know uh, the BS that they're trying to sell you out there reality lives in the mirror mm -hmm. and wh who, whoever you are and when you by yourself when nobody's around that's who you are no matter what you tell everybody in there that's that's reality right mm -hmm. there you can't you can't hide that yeah. um, so really like self-respect character that's, you know that's, that's really important to me if you are at where you want to be what has happened? What has happened? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. That's what good have, question. What have you done? What has happened? Mom is like, I'm somewhere with my wife, and we are like, literally no need for anything. We're not checking to see how much we got or anything like that. We off doing somewhere, uh, you know, talking to people, um, you know, having a having a real like big impact and being like uh, important. Mm -hmm. um, like people need me like they you know they count on me like they need to hear what i have to say mm -hmm. and uh and like mom is off somewhere and uh i got her off somewhere in like jamaica or something like that mm -hmm. everything's uh everything everything is cool cool with the world like in a, in a feeling of kind of like like i did it but really really uh growth really like even when i'm i want to be at that stage but mm -hmm. still have something i'm trying to get because most people they get they hit like a kind of a ceiling Mm -hmm. And they, that's because they were goal oriented and not growth oriented, mm -hmm. and they were thinking like you know set a goal, but not how far can I go really. Yeah. So um, that's that that would be really important to me is to break that ceiling and grow at the same time, mm -hmm. so that like my my income doesn't succeed where I see myself mm -hmm. because that's a lot of that's what you see in the lottery is you know they have their income is you know eighty. And yeah. how they see themselves is 20. So what do they do? They bring their income right back down to match where they see themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's really important to me. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. I love you. Anytime. Love you too. All right. All right, y'all. And that is it. Episode two is wrapped. I told y'all my brother is funny wise just dropping all kinds of nuggets there for y'all and you can see why you know i look up to him and i'm just so proud of him and who he is and i know i touched on this but y'all he's nine years younger than me i've been dropping all that knowledge and wisdom and all that and it really is crazy 
that he's that much younger than me and, and I didn't realize a lot of those things until we actually had that conversation of what he had been through, his perspective. Time just goes by. And so that's why, you know, it's really important that we remember we don't know what we miss until we miss them. So go. Um, we got plenty of time nowadays to have conversations with those that we haven't had a chance to catch up with in a long time or that we see every single day and we just might be missing it. This podcast was produced by myself, Jonathan Dumas, with major production help and music by the oh-so-talented Mr. Tony Deras. And if you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. We'd love to hear from y'all. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at rtwdpodcast. That's rtwdpodcast on Instagram. All right, y'all. Till next time. Peace.